Welcome to Discovering Star Trek, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Star Trek Discovery, now on only Paramount+. Plus. I'm your host, Matthew. Let's talk about Season 4. It's my Season 4 review, uh, just to backtrack a bit on what happened, because uh, the the show finished a, a while ago. Um, I can't remember if it was even this year or the end of last year, but at some point, whenever Season 4 started, uh, of course, Paramount had a deal with Netflix in the UK, and they were going to air season four alongside with Netflix, as they had done for the last three seasons, the entire show's existence. Uh, but they decided to not follow up on that, of course, because Paramount Plus was coming out in the UK, not for some time afterwards. Uh, Pluto TV picked it up slightly late. I decided I didn't want to watch it that way. Um, it was like a you only watch it live at nine and not or not at all. So I said on a, uh, I think it was a discussion on season four and like what the plans were and stuff. I'd mentioned I was going to do a season four review once the show had come out on Paramount Plus. Whether the episodes were going to be dropped weekly or the whole thing. I would just simply change plans for this season. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and um, that I would do a season four review. So here I am. By the way, you have to excuse me. As I've mentioned on a few previous episodes, I do still have a cold, so excuse me for that. Um, I didn't like this season. Uh, there's there's a few reasons as to why. Like, more than one, there's a few reasons. There are things I liked about this season. There are a few things that were... More sort of standout moments that were good. But the overall arc of this season, the story of this season especially, the stakes... The reason behind the story, the outcome, I don't think are very good at all. Uh, so let me get all my negatives out of the way first, because I, I want to sort of get all that done and then move on to the things I did like, because I did like some things about this season. Right, so let's see if I've got this straight. Let's ignore season three for a second, right? Because season three and season four have got similarities. Michael even mentions it a few times. Right, so let me get this straight. And feel free to write in, correct me if I've understood a plot point, misunderstood a plot point, or something like that, right? Okay. Season 4 starts, uh, you do your normal kind of pick up with the characters, then a big bomb disappearing planets type thing happens, again, just like with season 3. And David's, uh, not David, sorry, that's the actor's name, um, Booker's planet as well as others, are all gone. Which is exactly the same thing that happened in Season 3. But it was called The Burn. So he's obviously devastated. His uh, husband and son, I think they were, to him. They're both dead. And his planet, as well as many others, are gone. Um, the source of what has done this is like really, 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 really far away. Like really, really, really far away. Like really far away. So far away that it takes 13 episodes to reach the source of this thing. You do your 13 episodes of story. Um, bit of this, bit of that. You know, make it the debating about how to make first contact. Because they don't know what this thing is. You get to it. By the 13th episode... Um, or there's actually some contact made in the 12th episode. Uh, so episode 12, you make contact with whatever this 
thing is. It's not a human form. It's an alien life form. Uh, this thing is using blinking lights to communicate. Nothing wrong with that. Is using blinking lights to communicate. And they use Saru on this keyboard and stuff. And they do all this communication back and forth. Cool. No problem. And then... Basically, they say to our main crew that the reason that the the big bomb, let's call it that, happened was because they scanned a bit too hard and because it it was an accident. It it was described as like... Let's try and compare this in in a real world scenario. This sounds to me a bit like... You made a plate of toast. You've got a dog, and oops, I put the uh, put the the plate on the floor. The dog gobbled it up. Oops, I should have put it on the table instead, or on the surface. Is that an accurate thing to say? Um, because the way that they described it was like, oops, we put this thing like where we shouldn't have. Oopsie, big mistake. Um. But we can't move where this thing is to somewhere else because it would destroy us. Because Booker does argue back about like, hey, no, you saying, hey, we kind of scanned too hard or whatever it was, isn't good enough. Which is a fair point. I agree with him. Um, he should be dead by that point in the story, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so they do that and then they say, oh, yeah, we can't do that. We'll just be more careful in the future. And then they reach a sort of resolution from that. So that's that's the story of season four. Now going back to season three for a minute, it was the burn. That's what it was called, um, and it was the same thing again. Discovery discovers that oh, bunch of planets have gone. They've they've burned, essentially. Uh, that was more of a time travel thing, wasn't it? In season three, because the end of season two, if I'm not mistaken, was a time jump, and Part of what had happened was a literal burn which burnt the planets and we get to the conclusion in season 3 that one of Saru's family members, Kelpian species people, screamed too hard at one point but because of like issues that that character had. They're both not great ideas but I think the burn is the better idea. And at least it's at least it's got sort of like oh we time travelled and like oh we missed this thing that happened. This this season four idea of like oh sorry we put something in the wrong place oh it like <laughs> killed a bunch of people. <laughs> sorry we'll try we'll, we won't do we won't put it there in the future. Um, I I'm tempted to say it's pretty stupid that feels insulting to the writers but. It's it's not a good idea. It, it's not a great idea. And as soon as they did it in the story, because obviously it's like they they uh, do it in the first episode, and I was like, oh, that's really similar to what you just did. What you just wrapped up the previous episode, which was the burn, which is about planets going planets going missing or burning or dying, is the theme here. You've just come off of finishing a planets go missing type story. Let's find the let's find the sort. The story of both seasons, right, is let's find the source of what caused these planets to go or burn or disappear, right? And then you do the same thing in the, in the next, <coughs> excuse me, in the next episode. What? 
I, I think, ju- judging by where we get to at the end of Season 4, because we're going into Season 5 now, it's been renewed for Season 5, please don't do another planet's <laughs> disappearing thing again. <coughs> Excuse me. Please don't do that again. I, I think we need to go back to having a, a villain. Like a, whether it's human or alien form villain. I, I think you need to do that again. I also think you could do with maybe a small time jump, but you know when certain people talk about like, oh, this TV show's gotten a bit like stale or it, it needs something like a fresh approach. I don't think Star Trek Discovery has gotten stale. I think the ideas for the stories need to be changed because you've literally kind of just done different versions of the same thing for two seasons, right? Different plot reasons, different characters involved, but still (coughs) very much the same thing for two seasons. Now, I don't want the Klingon back. We did that in, what, seasons one and two, I think. Um, So I don't want them back. Just use, I mean, there's loads of Star Trek history that I'm not aware of or whatever, obviously, but you could bring back some old villains, you could make some new villains. And I think make next season feel a bit of a of a, of a fresh not a fresh start, not like a reboot, but like make it feel refreshing, make it feel a bit a bit new, you know? Like when I go back into next season 5 episode 1 when when the show comes back again because I'm not dropping the show, I still like the show. Um I've I enjoyed the previous 3 seasons, I just happen to not enjoy this one. Um but I still very much like the show. So I'm not dropping out of season 4. At uh, season 5. So when they come back for season 5. Next year I'm guessing. I would like to feel within. The opening. Let's say. Or the opening episode at least. Of like oh okay this is Discovery. Freshening itself up a bit. You know a, a bit of a new coat of paint. A bit of a, a fresh change of clothes maybe. Uh, I'm not literally talking about the characters having fresh changes of clothes but you know what I mean like I think it needs a bit of a refresh next season um not in terms of characters I think you can tell stories with these characters still I mean you've still got basically the same ones that you started with minus Booker's uh son and husband who were let's be honest side characters right like if you if you're talking about the main crew of our ship I mean, technically, Booker isn't a main crew of our ship because he's on his own one, but he's a main character still. Out of our main crew and our main characters, those two weren't main crew. <coughs> I gets on to my other problem. There's no stakes in this season. Okay, yeah, in, in the opening episodes, the planets die and all that kind of stuff. But for when I'm talking about stakes, I'm talking about like main crew members dying. Nobody died in this season. Um, Star Trek's not a show to do that. Star Trek Discovery's not a show to do that often. But when you get to as world-ending situation as what this season was, of like, oh, the the Admiral, whatever his name was, saying like, oh, you know, if you really try or whatever he said, we'll end up with 450,000 alive on Earth. And like, oh, okay, that, you know, sounds really bad, considering there's billions of people on Earth, and we could end up cutting that down to a few hundred thousand. Uh, they, they didn't feel like there was any stakes in this season. Um, the other, because Book, I, I think Booker should have maybe stayed dead. Um, would I? Did I want Booker to die? Do I think, you know, was I rooting for him to die? No, I think he's an interesting character. He's not one of my favourites on the show. I do have my favourite characters. He's not quite, excuse me, he's not quite one of them. 
Um, but I, I do think he should have died, maybe. Stayed dead, maybe. Um, what's funny about that is... So the ship he was on was blowing up, right? And yeah, I know his friend that was on the ship did die, but again, not main cast. I didn't feel anything when that character died. And he's the one that had like caused the second part of all this disaster. Um, but when, like, because they failed to warp him, not warp, sorry, um, what's it called? What's it called? Where they teleport, I can't think of a bloody name. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say teleport because I've forgotten what the official name is. Um, Energize, that's it. When they failed to energize and teleport Brooke, because you see him teleporting out... From the ship, his ship, but you—that's when they cut to Discovery, <coughs> and you see like, oh, Michael taps a few buttons and it, it doesn't work, and they think he's dead. So he didn't technically die from the disaster; he died because this, this, what happened with the ship, right? And these like creatures that they meet, like the main source of this thing, are able to just bring him back with no problem. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, um, but that was that was that side. Uh, pacing, structure, this season wasn't very well paced. I feel that 13 episodes was too many. Um, now here's the difference, right? I, I want to make one thing very clear in terms of the difference of pacing. So seasons 1, 2 and 3 came out on Netflix the Friday after the episodes aired on the Thursday. So they used to air Thursday night or something on Paramount+. Plus. We used to then get the episodes in the UK the next day on Netflix. And it was 16 episodes or 13 episodes for each of the seasons. And they would come out week after week. I think one of the seasons had a mid-season finale. I think that was season two. I think because it had a few more episodes or something. Um, and I didn't. I don't remember having many pacing problems before. Not as many as I've got now. Now this season. Obviously I switched to a season review. Because I didn't want to watch on Pluto TV. And it didn't come out on Netflix. So I said you know. I'm going to wait until the episodes come out. On Paramount Plus over here. And I will watch the box set. Now I've watched box sets of shows before. That have been 13 episodes. 16 episodes. I've watched <coughs> seasons of TV. That have been 20 something episodes. Um, I've, I, I've at least watched a number of box sets. That have been 13 episodes. And I mean I remember one I was watching. Breaking Bad. Now this show doesn't have to be as good as Breaking Bad. But I remember when I was watching Breaking Bad. Summer of 2014. I watched the whole thing in like a month or something. Never had any pacing issues. So for, for me as I was going through the episodes. I was like episode 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I was like wow I've still got so much left. Like the number's 13 and I'm only on 6 or 7. And 8, 9, 10. It felt like it just went so long. Um, and I had some time today and I watched 5 episodes of this show today. Yeah it was a lot. It, it, it was a lot. But. If the season was better. And I enjoyed it more. I would have been like. You know give me the next episode. Give me the next episode. Give me, give me give more of it to me. You know. Instead of me sitting there going. Oh I'm on six. And then seven. And then eight. And oh my god there's still five left. And then two. And four. And three. And two. <laughs> And it just, it felt like, I, I was looking at like, 
you know, I'm subscribed to things on Netflix. I'm sub to like Disney Plus at the moment. And I was like, there's other shows I want to get to. And I, I managed to quickly watch Man vs. B in the last day or so. That's like very, very short. And I, just, I wanted something different, honestly. And I wasn't in like a good mood or whatever because I've been sick. So I, I wanted something funny. So I went and watched Man vs. B. Uh, which is the Rowan Atkinson Netflix TV show. And I was like, you know what? I'm like That was last night. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm not in the mood to sit here and watch Discovery. I, like, I, I, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's that really short. Man vs. B thing on Netflix. I'm just going to stick that on. And that, that did make me feel better. But as somebody who's been a fan. And an advocate for this show. Because people have disliked this show a lot more than I have. Or, or a lot more than I've disliked this season. Um, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be sitting there. Thinking like oh. I've got more episodes. <coughs> excuse me to watch. Um, or like oh I'm not in the mood for this show. I don't really say that about other shows that I that I like in seasons that I enjoy. Um, so yeah, I it just felt like it. It just felt like it wouldn't end, um, which is funny because the last couple of lines from Michael in episode thirteen was like, "Oh, it's been a long journey. It's been a hard time." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it has been a it has been a long journey." But the season wasn't actually longer than the than the previous ones. It was the same. It was the same length of time. Um, and if I I know I watched it differently, but surely if I'd have enjoyed it more, I would simply have just enjoyed it more. Um, so there we go. But what what other other stuff did I not like? So I didn't like the story. Didn't like the story at all. Um. And even if a few of you are like, oh no, they didn't misplace the thing, it was this or that. I just, I still do, just don't like the, the story itself. Um, whether you want to correct me on certain like plot points, I just didn't enjoy the story. Like, in general. Or the, I didn't like the idea of it either. Or the execution. Because sometimes you can argue like, good idea, bad execution. For me, this is bad idea, bad execution. And there's, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, just my opinion. You might have a different opinion. That's completely fine. Um, but no, just like Booker just being brought back easily, no stakes, destroying planets again, 13 episodes to get to this one plot point, um, i tell you somewhere where I got really, really bored, actually, one of the lower points of me, <coughs> for me for the season, there's so much, and I get that this is part of Star Trek, and in better scenes and in better seasons, I would like this idea more because I probably have because these scenes probably happened in previous seasons. It felt like there was so much negotiating between so many people, and I honestly did lose track a bit of of like, okay, whose side are you on for what, and what do you want for this and that, and I, I admittedly lost track of that a bit. So maybe that was a me problem, but I don't know, like. Yeah, that that did like the whole negotiating stuff. Um, that's why I think maybe the problems came in for me because there there wasn't really like enemies that were negotiating with these characters. It was like the other presidents and things like that, and the admiral, and you know, giving commands to people and stuff. Again, a very basic part of Star Trek. I'm aware of that. This is my fourth season of Star Trek. Uh but no, I didn't enjoy. I didn't. I didn't enjoy the general just negotiation conversations at all. 
So, uh, anyway, that's 20 minutes on the things I didn't like. Um, <coughs> let's talk about Manscaped in a second and talk then talk about the things I did like in the other half. Um, so, yeah, see you in a minute. Alright, so as I mentioned, we are, of course, sponsored at the moment by Manscaped, uh, who, of course, are a men's grooming service in the UK. Well, they sell men's grooming products uh, in the UK. Um, they also ship overseas, I believe, as well. Um, and if you're wondering, hey, you know, I'm going to have to go on there, spend a bunch of money, spend some shipping fees. Nope, uh, we've got some good news for you. Well, you are still going to have to spend money, but you can get a uh, percentage taken off of that money spent, which is the whole idea of our deal. Uh, so you can get 20% off your order and free shipping with the promo code ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K. Uh, interesting point on that, by the way. You can either do all uppercase or lowercase, or I tried it myself earlier. You can do a capital, because you know when you click on a text box sometimes, you get the automatic, the first letter is a capital. You can do a capital E, and then Talk UK can be lowercase. So it doesn't really matter how you type it in, I suppose. Uh, but promo code ETALKUK, that's 20% off, and free shipping with your order with Manscaped. Uh, so you can go on there, you can buy various different trimmers, there's uh, different shaving kits and things that you can get as well, different nose trimmers, the nose trimmer is also an ear trimmer as well, uh, different boxes and things like that, uh, different types of deodorant related products as well. Uh, in terms of their products and their pa- packaging, um, all really, really well put together, very, very professionally made, the the uh, packaging and the boxes themselves and the products, uh, nothing nothing at all uh, of it so that either the products or the packaging feel like it's going to break or fall apart or you know break after one use uh you also when you get sent your manscaped order um is going to be in very very good packaging very easy to open as well no sort of excess you know bags and all this other sort of stuff as well um you won't be uh you won't really be sort of looking for you know loads of things to open your box and stuff uh it's got it's got that nice uh, strip thing that you can pull off as well so nice and easy to open packaging which i think is what we all want as well uh but again free shipping 20 percent off etalk uk uh for 20 percent off and your free shipping use the promo code etalk uk for all of that put that in your promo code at checkout thank you very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcasts and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review 
of your choice. So if you, if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, on to the stuff that I actually liked this season. <laughs> uh, there is some stuff, I promise. I know I've kind of, like, shit all over the season. But uh, there was some stuff I really liked. Let me get on to my favourite part of this season. Which was a, a big part of the season, but could have used a bit more screen time. That is the family dynamic between Adira, Grey, Hugh and Paul. Of course, Paul Stamets, uh, Hugh, who is the therapist of the group, uh, Grey and Adira... Um, I think it's the best thing in the show. Um, I think I said that last season. There was a few. There was a few scenes in episodes last season where that family dynamic, uh, the four of them, there was some scenes last season that were genuinely perfect between the four of them. They're a little bit more separated this season, aren't they? Uh, but they still got lots of scenes together and lots of scenes interacting with each other, which is really good. Uh, lots of characters telling Paul and Hugh that, like, no, you're both doing a really good job because they're trying to be sort of like the father figures in in their life which is really really nice to see i cherish all of those scenes i adore those scenes they're so well written they're so well put together those scenes i think it is kind of the heart of the show in a way although you could argue like saru is maybe the heart of the show as well um but no i think it's brilliant and particularly this season with uh gray finding kind of finding his body if you want to put it that way really interesting part with that is Ian Alexander who is a trans man um transgender man uh who's also been in Last of Us 2 uh, sorry The Last of Us 2 uh I've done an actor and actress spotlight on him and I think it was Hayley Steinfeld I I talked about in the same episode uh, a little while back that was way before Star Trek Discovery season 4 had come out I think that was around the time that like Hawkeye was out and that sort of stuff so (coughs) that was good to do um, so he himself, Ian himself, has experienced, you know, transitioning and finding his body and being comfortable in his own body and all that sort of stuff. So I felt like that translated really well to the screen. And I really, that was probably the most emotional moment of the season. Um, when, because there's this guy who beams in and out, I think he was called the Guardian or something. And he was like, I have to warn you, like, this might not quite work. And like... Grey might not find his body and Grey was kind of like I think Grey was translating through Adira and they were saying to this guardian they were like saying things to to this guardian person and Grey was sort of saying to Adira like if I don't find my body like I've I I don't sort of have it anyway so it's like the, the gamble is completely worth it for him um just simply because like okay him not finding his body like he, he d- feels like he doesn't have it already anyway uh so he wouldn't be sort of losing something i suppose i think that's what they were saying in that scene um because he goes into this chamber thing after leaving there for a while and uh adira and hugh because hugh's in that scene most of the time with them uh they go to the the bar place and that they try and like you know pass the time and stuff because adira is just in this sorry gray is just in this um box thing whatever it was that uh that gray was in um but no the scenes of like 
The scenes of Grey and Adira, they were sort of holding hands at one point or whatever, because Adira was waiting by his bedside. And, uh, Grey gets up, like, you, or you see Grey's, like, fingers twitching and stuff, and then he gets up, uh, and the two of them have this amazing moment, and, you know, Grey's sort of testing himself and everything. He's like, wow, I've got my body back and everything else. Um... Yeah, it, it puts a lot of emphasis and a lot of importance on the the importance of trans people feeling comfortable as well. Um, obviously, this is a sci-fi version, and you know this is obviously different to an actual trans person going through a transition. But there's there's certainly themes there, aren't there? That was definitely what I was thinking about, and particularly with Ian himself being a trans person. There must have been a lot of relatability there, uh, which it was smart to, for the writers to give that to him. Um, so I, I thought that was really, really perfect. I thought that worked out really, really well. Um, and then kind of on the others, because you've sort of got um, two things going on with that this season. Where you've got, um, what is it? Because Hugh is with Adira more, and Grey is more with Paul. Um, oh no, because Adira, Adira is kind of with both of them a bit, and Adira um, is with Paul in the uh, the engineering room, I think it is, where Jackie and everybody else is as well. Uh, so they had a lot of interactions, um, but no, good, really good interactions before uh, between all four of them. I think they've done an incredible job with those four characters, um, and even before Grey and Adira came into the show, which I believe was season three, in seasons one and two, I know. Hugh did die at one point, but they still, apart from that, that happened, um, once, <coughs> once Hugh had come back, I felt like they did an amazing job with those characters, and it's good that Hugh came back as well, uh, of course, back in season one, or whenever that was, so, really, really good stuff, um, you've then got the storyline, obviously, between, uh, Saru and one of the Madam Presidents, I think, in this season, uh, because there was a few... Madam Presidents, but uh, th- this like really sweet, very gentle communication between the two of them. It- it- it's like two really sweet sort of elderly people <laughs> communicating. Um, of like, hey, would you like to go with a- for a stroll with me? Oh, I would very much, I would very much admire that. And then you just see like Michael and Paul uh, smiling in the background. That-, that-, that was brilliant. That was a really, really great touch. Um, so with a lot of character moments, like, in terms of the actual characters, they didn't do anything wrong this season. There were so many really, really great character moments, but when your season's so plot-heavy, because you can have shows that are much more character-driven than plot-driven, because Walking Dead's like that. Walking Dead's a lot more character-driven than plot-driven, because the plot is, can you survive the zombie outbreak, right? Um, unless there's a particular villain doing something, but for The Walking Dead, for the most part... It's much more about the characters and who's surviving and all that sort of stuff. That's not what this season is, though. That's not really what this show is. Uh, it's not character focused. It's well, it's not character driven. It, it it does have focus a lot on its character moments, its character development. But this season's clearly plot focused, and the plot was the distracting thing that got in the way, really, because I was enjoying a lot of those character moments and those interactions. With the characters. Because um, <coughs> there's also. You know. Um, moments between. The uh, president. <coughs> excuse me. The madam president. 
and Saru of like you know the work personal life balance all that type of stuff so yeah that was that was that was brilliant so yeah those parts with Saru were like really really great and seeing um you know his character interactions with uh others was really good uh just the way that he was talking to the the madam president and everything i thought was really really good um and his sort of like i think it's his conversation with hugh as well and uh what was it i think i think uh saru was saying to hugh about like oh i'm questioning this and that and hugh was like sir can i put it bluntly and he's like you're being kind of stupid <laughs> so uh, again, Star Trek Discovery, still really, really good at doing a lot of that. Still definitely very good at doing a lot of that. As I said, um, I, because I, I love these characters. I really, really love these characters. Michael, Saru, Paul, Hugh, Grey, Adira. Um, you've got Detma <coughs> as well. Um, you got Tilly. I didn't mention what happened with Tilly, by the way. There's not really much to mention with Tilly, to be honest. Um, I think think the actress um either got pregnant or something this season from what i from what i read i think i heard something about that a few months ago obviously when these episodes were coming out but uh no hopefully she'll be back in full time next season um she's a character i love as well i know some, some people aren't a fan of her but i am so there you go um what else did i love this season it was mainly just the character stuff really again the characters here are fantastic um i had no issues with their interactions there were so many good scenes between them it's just this story just wasn't good i thought um it's sort of like really great characters trapped in a bad story i thought so there we go um do i need to mention anything else I talked about my I talked about my overall feelings on the season, which are mostly negative, unfortunately. Still really love these characters. Um talked about the specific plot line I didn't like, which is the main one. Um Talked about Tilly, talked about Adira and Grey and everything happening there, Hugh and Paul. Um I think that's most of the stuff. Again, with the general chit chat, political whatever, um, it just lost me. It just it just lost me honestly. I don't have anything else to say about that sort of stuff. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on uh, Star Trek Discovery season four. Um, Thirteen episodes that I felt could have easily been cut down cut down to ten, maybe eight, um, that sort of thing possibly. So yeah, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame, but I'm sure the show will be good next season. Uh, maybe this was just a bit of a misstep. I just think you need to just simply change the story that you're doing. Um, because you, you just about got away with doing what you did with the burn. Like, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a pass on season three. Season three, I actually really do like, apart from that. Um, and then season four, you just tried to do the same thing. Didn't work, in my opinion. And next season, you should try something else. So, we shall see. Um, as the season ends, of course, um, you've got them back on earth i think uh with the the other madam with the other madam president i think there's three madam presidents isn't there because they're from different planets or whatever so i got that going on um one other thing i do want to mention on the positive stuff while i'm still kind of wrapping up here um the show does do a very incredible job with diversity um some people don't see that as a plus point um and it isn't simply a case of oh this show's got lots of women and black people and gay characters and 
Oh, it's just simply because, you know, they have those characters that automatically makes it better. Um, no, there's been shows that have had diverse characters, you know, black people, women, LGBTQ characters, um, characters with, I don't really like to use the word disabilities, but lack of better word, I'll choose that one, um, and have done a bad job with them. Um, just because your show has those types of minority groups of characters, it doesn't automatically mean your show's going to be better. I've said on numerous occasions, <coughs> if you are going to have minority groups or diverse characters in your show, got to make sure you write properly for them. And because the story here that I've got a problem with doesn't really, apart from, apart from the way Booker came back, but in terms of the treatment of Booker's character, like I don't really have too many issues. Um, but in terms of like everything else, I mean, I gave a lot of praise a few minutes ago for the really good work they did with, um, Grey, Ian Alexander's character. Did an incredible job with that. Um, I still think the character work they did with Paul and Hugh this season was really, really good. Um, and again, you've got a lot of, uh, you've got what, uh, because the Madam Presidents, well, they're all women, of course, um, and a couple of them are black women, which is interesting to me. Uh, the main one that we see, I think the Earth president that we see at the end, obviously Michael is as well. She's the captain of the ship currently. And they're doing a pretty good job of that sort of stuff. So again, it's not just like, oh, look, minority, diverse people. The show is automatically better. It doesn't work that way. Um, I'm sure other people will, will tell you that same thing as well. Uh, although some other people would say like, hey... They're trying to shove a message down my throat and da 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 all that sort of nonsense. But no, nope, I think the show's doing, still doing... The show is still one of the best in terms of being diverse. Um, I still think the best diversity um, storyline is from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, I still think that that is an example, because <coughs> that show is pretty good with its diversity as well but particularly with one of the storylines they did in season two is probably the best example i've seen of something like that um so yeah good stuff overall for that i just wanted to give it some credit for actually actually doing something good with those types of characters which is which is very very important very very important so anyway that's it for star trek discovery season four i don't think it'll be back this year um with season five obviously it needs to take some time because this show is very complicated to make i'm gonna guess uh, you've got to write it first, come up with a new story, hopefully. And obviously lots of uh, lots of special effects and things like that. So, anyway. <coughs> but, um, as you can tell, I need to wrap this up. Um, if you would like to write in to matthewentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in, in show notes. There's also the email box on the website version of the episode. <coughs> and a clickable email name. In your show notes, so get involved, let me know what you thought of this season of Star Trek Discovery. Do you agree, disagree with my different points, and if so, why? Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we're doing on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms by searching for our name. Uh, for TV, games, films, main night podcasts, take a look out for all of those. If you want to support Entertainment Talk in other ways, um, there is, of course, uh, you can just listen to more of the episodes that we've got. You can also simply just tell other people, just by just telling other people uh, you can also use social media share the podcast around on those patreon five dollar ten dollar level tier for the ad free podcast and review options take a look at that as well uh for your tv and your film news i don't think geek town radio is coming out at the moment david's still on holiday but he is still posting news 
posts onto geektown.co.uk. So geektown.co.uk for your TV and your film news and look out for that return of Geektown Radio. Uh, for David's TV and film news posts for geektown.co.uk. Uh, if you want some content over on uh, Twitch, Bex is streaming on there very regularly. Trista B-Y-T-E-S for retro games, discussion, fun stuff, Tomb Raider, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, go and check her out over there. You can also find me on Twitch as well, Talk UK, for my different gaming streams. For all that, for the career mode episodes, not done any of those in a while. I'll do one soon. Uh, there's still a bunch of those left to watch anyway, but... um. Or a bunch of those episodes available. Uh, if you want to catch the career mode episodes, the streams, and the game clips, I think it's all up to date and archived over on our YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening. In terms of upcoming reviews, um, when I'm well enough, I'll go and see Thor: Love and Thunder. Could be tomorrow. Could be Monday. Could be Tuesday. I don't know. Uh, but look out for that. Um, Umbrella Academy is going to be next in terms of a season review. I'm going to start. That's going to be my next show that I sort of start. Uh, that's be for season three and then we'll see what happens after that uh thanks very much for listening and i'll catch you next time goodbye